Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oi, oi, I'm Jimmy Bullard and this is me old muck of banners. We're back together, son. How are you? Hi, Bully. Great to be back working with you. What are we doing here, though? We're starting a football club in podcast form. The only thing we know, it's called FC Bullard. After that, it's all up for grabs. So... We haven't got any players, we haven't got a kit, we haven't got a club badge, we haven't got a stadium. Correct. FC Bullard. Welcome to the club. This is a crowd podcast. Why (laughs) did I immediately want to make love to you? Hi, I'm Joe Marler. And I am Tom Fordyce. And this is Things People Do. Some people do amazing things on this show. We meet zookeepers, politicians, astronauts. And some people who do other things, like recruitment, removal men, tube drivers. Because everyone is interesting if you ask the right questions. See, I used to hate people, but this podcast has changed me. And now I can't get enough of people. And the weird and wonderful things they do. Okay, so your bone is a bit like a Cadbury's Crunchy. The guy with the toilet brush stuck up his bum gave a fantastic story. Kestrels used to be called windfuckers. (laughs) Now, today we've got another episode of Things People Did, where we interview comedians and celebrities all about the weird and wonderful jobs they used to do before they made it big time. We are live at the Clapham Grand and our guest is comedian and podcast legend Mike Bubbins. Tin of beans, 869332 Your eyes are drawn to what you've described yourself as quite large kahunas. Yeah. yeah. So I'd be like 13, 14 years of age having a fucking show with my dad. <laughs> Welcome to Things People Did. Mike. Joe. How are you? Good, mate. What are these, mate? They're Welsh cakes. They're, they're, a, they're a Welsh delicacy. They've taken one of the driest foods in the world and made them into a dessert. So that is... Uh, <laughs> And uh, are they like Eccles cakes? No, they're better than Eccles cakes. They're delicious. They're delicious. So they're Welsh. They're 100% Welsh, are they? 100%. They will be made by an old woman in Wales and then put in Marks and Spencers. Um, <laughs> could you test one out for us, Joe? <laughs> I'm always fucking stitched up like this. Yeah, I'm going to I mean, my to. nan made brilliant ones, but she's dead, so that's not an option. <laughs> What's that? Sticky, isn't it? Yeah. I go something else as well. I go two gifts. What else? What else have you got? Well, obviously I'm from Wales. Mm. Obviously I love rugby. Mm. Obviously you play rugby very, very well mm. for England. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've always been thinking you're going to love. Well, I know for a fact that you love this because I've seen the video footage. This is a Welshman's nuts. I really like what you've done there. It's good, isn't it? You've obscured my right of reply. I have. He's muted you with a Welsh cake. A double whammy. 
it's, it's like wallpaper paste. <laughs> yeah. I tell you what, the flavours are magnificent. Yeah. They're wonderful. You Mike. need it with a drink, really. Thank you. Uh, yeah. You're welcome, by the way. <laughs> £2.50 that costs. Like the, the, the nuts were on offer. Um, Just to clarify about yeah. the nuts. Oh, they were reduced. Yeah, they're they reduced. were reduced, yeah. yeah. Still £2.50 for that. Down for £2.90. What are you shopping in M&S for? It's in the train station and I couldn't be asked anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> right, Mike, this is things people did. Right. So we talk about the things that you used to do before you became yeah. a wonderfully gifted comedian and sitcom writer. Yeah, star, writer, creator. <sighs> <laughs> right, let's get into it. What was your first ever job? My first ever job, I was a marshal at a triathlon in Barry Island on the... The swimming bike changeover station. Five pounds, cash in hand. Well, well, hang on. Is that the, the wage per hour or for the day? That was a flat rate. It was uh, 1987. I was 15 and my PE teacher said, do you want to make some money on Saturday? I said, yes, please, sir. He said, right, you're marshalling at the triathlon at Barry Island. That was my first ever job. My first paid money. Marshalling, as in the car park bit? or Just stand there and show people where their bikes are. You know, they, they come out, of the, pool, they come out of, the, of the sea and you go, you're over there. <laughs> for about an hour. And you go on. So that was your first job. Um, and then I went to work in Tesco three nights a week when I was 16. The big one in Cardiff on the... Cardiff uh, Cross. Mm. Yeah. What did you do in Tesco? I was, I was called a multi-skill. I was always blowing my own trumpet. But um, <laughs> some people were on the fish counter, some people did the gro groceries. I did everything. I was trained in every, every aspect of Tesco. Trained? Trained. I was multi-skilled. If there's a shortage on the checkouts, get bourbons in. <laughs> Fruit and veg, I'm your man. Fish, yes please, but I could do it all. Quarter pound of cheese, on it. With a wire, I would get it spot on. What was, when you were on the tills, what was your patter like? Oh, bang on. I was clean shaven, I looked like a young Sylvester Sloan actually, at 16 years of age. Housewives were going crazy for it, because I used to wear like um, a grey polyester blazer in those days with a grey tie, white shirt. Uh, the sideburns, you know, very smooth complexion. Sort of swarthy, like a Mediterranean good looks. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, was just, I was trying to hold yeah. it. I was trying yeah. to really hold it. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Were you, was this the era of universal barcodes, Mike? Were you just... That's a good question. Or were you inputting prices manually? Thank you very much. I was there at the, at the cusp. As I started off, it was, it was all on the buttons and the, and the departments. So, you know, grocery, grocery, fruit and veg, fish, health and beauty. Right? But then they brought in barcode readers. Look at his face, bought in 1990. They brought in barcode readers. They brought in barcode readers before you were born. And then I, I, I being multi-skilled, they trained me up on the other barcodes as well. So you, you would have to type in, you know that number you see on the barcode? You'd have no, to no, type No, no, you the that. price. So you would do like £6.90. That'd be fucking mad, wouldn't it? <laughs> Shit the bed. Yeah, I, I, I finished work yesterday. <laughs> That's why I'm looking fuck at you like that. I don't know what, what the fuck that's that means. That's why they used to call it the weekly shock, because it would take a week yeah. for your shopping to be priced up. So what do you... What that do would you, be mad. What do you type... Tin of beans, 869332001469886421212. Got two of them, have you? <laughs> Surely you had a times two button, no? What would you type in, the price? Price, 699 grocery. Yeah, but not everything's the same price. There's different not. buttons. <laughs> no, no. Fuck off. Fuck off. Now I'm panicking now. Ryan. Ryan. 
I need more smoke so I can't see anyone because I'm fucking panicking. You know, you know those prices. They're all combinations. No, I know of the what you're saying. No, I know, I know. The, the, you put, you put a price on something, you know, yeah. or you don't. Some things are priceless, aren't they? Not in Tesco, I don't think. Is that true? <laughs> but you, if I wanted a pack of almonds, two decimal point five zero grocery. Good. But what if I wanted a pack of pistachios? <laughs> How much are they? <laughs> That's what I was it, really, it really depends how much they were. If they were three pounds, Joe, be three decimal point zero zero grocery. Right, I think I think I'm getting it. But what I meant was, I thought nuts were like a general like. Mm. Oh, they're well, nuts. they're all the same price. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Like a but generic that, nut price. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I was confused by. How much are the nuts, Dave? What do that's any nuts? Six ninety nine. I think what you're getting at, because you're a youngster and you, and you were born in, in a post barcode age, you would expect to see walnuts, pistachios, but all you would see is six ninety nine grocery, three pounds grocery. So it wouldn't be on the receipt. So would you say that grocery shopping now yeah. is is better? Well, it's like a utopia now, isn't it? <laughs> Has it removed some of the skill, then, Mike? Do you look back on those days of price inputting? You know, just the... I loved it. But you'd always get some anus who had a list and they'd worked out with a calculator what everything cost. And they'd go, uh, you'd say, oh, that's £36.55, please. And they'd go, no, it's not. It's £35.80. I go, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to go through a whole receipt of, like, 2 99 50p, 25 pence. Yeah. But, you know... My granddad was a coal miner, so I'm not going to complain too much. <laughs> so, job number two, Mike, uh, or a further job down the line, administrator. Mm. That could mean anything. I have no idea oh, what shit you were administrating. Well, again, because it was like pre the sort of information revolution. I worked as a data inputter. Um, I was a data inputter for a company called National Provident Institution, or a pensions company. We relocated down from, uh, I believe, Essex somewhere. I think it was uh, Tunbridge Wells down to Cardiff. So all the managers came down from Tunbridge Wells and all the youngsters they recruited to do all the shit jobs were from Wales. And they treated us like absolute dog's bodies. And uh, I got sacked after about nine months, I think. Yeah. Crime? Not really a crime. Extreme laziness. Um, <laughs> I managed to ruin Brace's Bakery's pensions account. Yeah, just a lack of, lack of application, really. It was, it was just a shit job. And I, I, didn't, I didn't want to do it. And my boss was a fellow called George from Tunbridge Wells, who was, I'm going to say, and I'm 51 years of age, the biggest dick I ever met in my life. <laughs> um, we used to go bowling. It was the days when you'd go like a team building. So once a week, we'd go 10-pin bowling. Because that was the big thing to do at the time. They just opened up a 10-pin bowling place in Cardiff. And fucking George used to bring his own ball <laughs> and one of those gloves with all the sort of the wrist support in it. And he'd be polishing his fucking ball and telling us how much he scored bowling. A real, real anus of a man. That, that's an issue, is it? Well, if you want to do it, you crack on. But, I mean, he did sack me, so I'm, I'm obviously... Well, I'm not going to sack you, but well, I, no. I do own a bowling ball. Do you? Um, that's fine. <laughs> I polish as well. Yeah. I, do, yeah. I yeah. don't go bowling, though. I just like the shine on it. Isn't it. Well, there we go. That's different. That's nice. If it's an aesthetic thing, that's fair play. Oh, good. I'm not. I'm not on a massive dick because of that. That's good. Not just that, no. <laughs> Excellent. Before we move on to the the next job that you had, I've done my research on you, Mike. Yeah, yeah, well done. Um, you're not actually Welsh, are you? Oh, I'll fucking wash your mouth out. I was born in Cardiff, raised in Barry, lived in Cardiff. My mother was born in the Welsh Valleys in Merthyr Vale. And your father was born where? <laughs> Worthing in Sussex. <laughs> it was the war. 
<laughs> no, it was the war. So his mum went to go and live with her cousin, I think. My nan was from Wiltshire. And then she moved to, to Barry. But then in the war, when she was pregnant, because my granddad was in the Navy, she went to go stay with her cousin for a couple of months down in uh, Worthing. And my dad was born in enemy waters over there. So, so you're half Welsh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm half Welsh. Why yeah. does that irk you so much? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not anti-English, but, but, but there's a certain I'm pro-Welsh. You, 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 can, you can be you can be pro-Welsh without being anti-English. And are you anti-English? No, no, no. <laughs> I'm enjoying not... how, how this tension between you two is gradually building <laughs> over the course of this evening. In three weeks' time, or whatever it is, I'll be anti-English then for for the all of Saturday afternoon. Is there any Welsh people in the audience? Have you, have you brought them? No. Up oh. the Welsh. So, Mike, let's move on to um, a role that you had for, I guess, a lot longer than the Tesco's role and the administrator role, the pensions company, mm. PE teacher. I see that. Yeah. In a vest. Yeah, yeah I see that. Just a vest as well, as I got sacked. <laughs> oh fucking hell <laughs> what, was, what tends to happen with people when they become teachers is that within approximately three or four hours of their first day mm. that their name, their surname is uh, reappropriated by the pupils to take on a much more menacing slash rude connotation so what was Bubbins yeah. turned into? Well, Bubbins was alright like, my first teaching job uh, first job was in Bath good rugby school comprehensive school good bunch of kids all boys school it was just Bubbs it was nothing but, well it was sheep shagger a lot of the time as well <laughs> hilarious and then it was just Bubbs to my face but you know we've got a weird name like Bubbins he doesn't really ask to be it's cool enough as it is it's, it's quite cool it's catchy it? enough as Bubbs, it is Bubbs, Bubbins, Bubs, Fatty, you know, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> I wasn't fat then, that was a lie. My, uh, my uh, middle sister is a teacher, and on her f first day, Miss Fordyce, um, I think it took about two hours until she became Miss Foreskin. Oh, nice. Yeah, this was nice for her. That's nice. It's nice. original, and it, it does yeah. catch. Yeah. I think that's good. Yeah. I remember well, I was doing at school a... with a kid, and his name was Boner, all the way through school, because uh, he got an erection in, in uh, the first year. Um, he got an erection after PE, which a couple of us saw. We all started calling him Boner. Sorry, is this a kid or a teacher? <laughs> it's a kid. This is a kid. Yeah, it's a kid. <laughs> Fuck, it got here quick, didn't it? What sort of PE teacher were you, Mike, if we have a range... Uh, maybe we've got the Brian Glover character in Kez, mm. where you're taking on the kids um, as mm. Bobby Charlton and mm. to make yourself look better. Were you the sort of the avuncular... I know Robin Williams wasn't a PE teacher uh, in Dead Poets Society, but were you the friend of... <laughs> Friend of the pupil. I was competitive. I, I started teaching at 27, and I sort of missed the boat with rugby, and I, I think I was a bit frustrated that I, that I, you know, open rugby had sort of missed me by a couple of years, so I took that out on the kids in a lot of lessons. Um, I, I did, we had a lovely lad called Matt, Matt Myers, if you've listened to this, who's a lovely kid, good footballer, and I was school in Bath, and we had a six-a-side, we had a six-a-side, like, a sport relief game in the sports hall there. I broke his leg, oh. you know, with a, yeah... <laughs> There's not a fucking lot of relief in that, is there? No, no. What'd you do no. that for? He went past me with the ball and I got a bit vexed. Sorry, mm. I keep going in between. Mm. Is this you in your school days or no, as I was a teacher? teacher? Another, I was teaching at the time. And he's not another teacher, he was a kid? He was a sixth form, yeah. God. I threw a shopper at a kid once, but it was a mistake. How's that a mistake? He was dicking around and it was a shopper lesson, which can be very dangerous. So I sort of grabbed the shopper because he was talking to his mate and I went, oi. I did that to him. But as I did that, it came out of my hand. 
And he, it just sort of whizzed past his ear. And I thought, quick thinking, I went, if I didn't know what I was doing, you'd be dead. <laughs> <laughs> Shrink the Box is back for a brand new season. This is the podcast where we put our favorite fictional TV characters into therapy. Join me, Ben Bailey-Smith, and our brand new psychotherapist, Namon Metaxas. Hi, Ben. Yes, this season we're going to be putting the likes of Tommy from Peaky Blinders, Cersei from Game of Thrones on the couch to learn why their behavior creates so much drama. So make sure you press the follow button to get new episodes as soon as they land on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Shrink the Box is a Sony Music Entertainment original podcast. There was always, I think, for most of us, something a little bit cooler about the PE teachers, and potentially this was that they were allowed to wear trainers in school. Uh, what's, what sort of gear? Always an Adidas man or ever a Nike? Always Adidas. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, got to be. Cup, couple of Mondeans for football, Ringos, Beckenbauer's, Gazelles. Did you have a supplementary subject that you had to teach a bit half-assed on the, on the side? <laughs> well, I taught... When I did my teacher training in Dallas St. Luke's, we had to do two subjects in those days. So my second subject was IT. But it was always on a Wednesday, lectures. And Busa matches were on a Wednesday for rugby. So I didn't, go, I didn't go to any lectures at all. So I ended up teaching IT as a second subject, having no idea how IT worked. <laughs> and then when I went to my second school in Cardiff, I was, my second subject was RE. I taught RE for three years. <laughs> and my, then, that's my two favourite subjects. I'd yeah. love to be taught by you. Can yeah. we... Yeah, it would be good. Can do you still know a lot of the RE stuff? Yeah, do you want to tell you the five Ks of Sikhism? What do you want to know? All of them. All right, what do you got? If, if, you, if you're seeking to listen, I get it wrong, I apologise. Um, so you've got the Kara, which is the steel bracelet. You've got the Kacha, which are the, uh, the white undershorts. You've got the Kirpan, which is the dagger. You've got the Kesh. Oh, was that, was that the curly one? Well, no, it's, it's ceremonial usually. Oh. You've got a Kesh, which is the uncut hair. Oh, I'd love to be taught. Anyone else yeah, want to be taught else. by bubbins? People think the turban is part of it, but it's not. You wear the turban because of the cash. Because of the uncut hair, to keep Correct. the hair out of it. Keep it clean, yeah. Before yeah. we move on, Tom, I need to go back a little bit. Please do. And you used a word I really fucked off about. Um, <laughs> Evuncular. Avuncular. 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 With an A. Yeah. A. <laughs> Avuncular. Can I have the meaning? Warm and friendly is how I describe that. Woman friendly. <laughs> was that true as well? Or? Warm and friendly. Warm and friendly. Yeah. Joe, who yes. was your favourite teacher at school? My favourite teacher was Mr. Moore. Mr. Moore, why? He, he was oh, the P- lovely. Well, this weird enough. Mr. Moore and Mr. Johnson. Mr. Moore was my PE teacher and Mr. Johnson was my RE teacher. And they were both my favourite teachers. There we go, mate. Mr. Johnson used to lose his fucking nut. Honestly, mm. he would, and I do it occasionally now. Like if I really lose my patience, I give the, I give the hand slam on the table, and it would shit everyone up in it. Mm. Um, he got really upset when I hid in the cupboard once. <laughs> Thought he'd left, you know, gone out to deal with yeah. something. I'd hid in the cupboard, got my nutsack out <laughs> on my zip, like Good just lad. so it was nuts only. I was, I was renowned for having quite large kahunas back then. Have you fair play? And then I came out into the class with just my nuts out. We, we would have gone on, mate. We would have gone on. Thinking he wasn't in there, but then he was, and he fucking lost yeah, it. Yeah. Absolutely lost it. My favourite teacher in school, that I based a lot of the, uh, the sitcom on, passed away the same day as... Uh, J.P.R. Williams passed away recently. 
the same day that JPR, my, one of my favourite players, passed away, my favourite PE teacher passed away the same day. Did you Tony up, Hodge. Did you keep in contact with your PE teacher after school? He moved back to West Wales, but the other ones I always did. My, my wife, because I was a bit of a dickhead in school, um, I would always, well, if I saw my old teachers, buy them a pint. And she said, Mike, you, you're in your 40s now. You're going to always buy him a pipe when you see him in town <laughs> and say, sorry. <laughs> sorry, sir. I found myself wondering, Mike, in that situation that Joe's mm. just described, he's emerged from a but Let's imagine, was it Mr Moore who went, he lost his... No, Mr Johnson. Mr Johnson. Yeah. You're in Mr Johnson's shoes in Gazelles. Yeah, yeah. You see a young Joe Marler, Rapscallion, yeah. emerging from a cupboard. Your eyes are drawn to what you've described yourself as quite large kahunas yeah. Yeah. sticking out the zip of his trousers. How do you deal with it, Mike? I mean... <laughs> the, the problem is I've got a competitive nature. <laughs> you know. It'd be a laugh, but... <laughs> you'd be expelled and I'd be fired. <laughs> but then we could go on the road together. That's true, yeah. Like, oh, the Ball Brothers. Yeah. Like... <laughs> Wonderful. Before you were arrested, a day in. Oh, good. That's fine. My wife always takes the piss. I'm not particularly well endowed in the penis area. Hang on, is there any other endowment? Well, I'm just going to say my testicles, funnily enough. Oh. She's quite happily telling all her friends about my tangerine balls. Yeah. What, as a concern? <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh, can you have a word? Yeah, or? Only the doctor friends. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got big balls. So kudos to you. I bet he thought it was hilarious, by the way, when he went to Mad With You. Mr. Hodge would, would on a, on, and he, he played rugby for Regen, for Steve Fenwick back in the day. He was a good player, like good looking bloke. We all called him Magnum. He looked like Tom Selleck. So in the summer term, he'd get on a deck chair if we, on a nice sunny day. We used to have like a concrete playground with tennis courts and that, all boys comprehensive. And he'd be there in his speedos, just a pair, just a pair of wayfarers on, right? Covered in Hawaiian tropic. <laughs> for an hour doing lunch duty. And there'd be fights everywhere. And you'd go, sir, sir, I used to go, shh. <laughs> so, Mike, how have you found yourself a PE teacher in Cardiff one day and then a delivery driver in Toronto? Yeah. No well, more left, than a few months later. I left my job in Bath not long after shot put gate. I got a chance to go and coach in Canada with, with a mate of mine. So I went over there to... Oh, Toronto, sorry, was before, before teaching. I went to Toronto right before I started teaching. Played some rugby over there. Went to a wedding in Toronto, enjoyed it. Mate of mine played for Canada. And there was a team called the Toronto Welsh back in the day. They're, not, they're no longer a team. I was like 18, 19. He said, do you want to come over and play for a season? I thought, yeah, lovely. So I left, that. I left, the, I left my office job, which I hated. Went to Canada. I, I mean, it's 30 years ago, I can say it. Because I, I wasn't allowed to work over there. I was on like a visitor's visa, whatever they call it. So it was all cash and handwork. So I did, I did a delivery driver job. I, I fixed roofs. I worked in gardens. The delivery one I mentioned on the podcast. The fact that I, my mate got me the job. He said, "Do you want? Do you want a, can you drive a truck?" I said, "Yeah, I can drive a truck." He said, "We've got a job for you if you want it." He said, "This fellow's got in touch. He tried to, he, he's hiring a truck from us, but he needs a driver." So I met the guy the next day. He looked bad. This fellow, right? We're doing this removals job. Me, him, and, and this weird-looking bloke that he was working with. Right. End of the day. I've got to take him to a drug deal in, like, one of the worst parts of Toronto, right? I was like a 19-year-old, fresh-faced Welsh lad driving a truck to the well, worst as, part as, of Toronto. As an, as an extra job from, like, you were a truck driver... On the way to dropping him back, and I, I later found out that he was basically living in his car. On the way to dropping him back at his car, I had to go via the worst part of the city 
so we could score drugs. And I'm just sat there and this, thinking, oh, Jesus Christ. So I phoned my mate Dave when I got back, who got me the job. I said, what are you doing with this fella? What's going on with him? He said, well, we, he got turned down for, to hire a, a van from us, failed all the credit checks. So we sent him to another place. I said, why do you fail the credit checks for? They said, well, he's come out of prison like yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I've been a driver at a drug deal, like in the worst part of the city. Yeah, so I did that. I did all sorts of cash jobs. And then after I left uh, my job in, in uh, Bath, I went to Calgary. Spent a lot of time over there as well. At what point did you then go, fuck that, I want to be Elvis? Because it says here, yeah. one of your jobs was an Elvis impersonator. Yeah, that is true. That's legit. That's legit, that, yeah. That was pre-moustache. Side, I'd always had sideburns since I was a kid. So I had sideburns... Since um, you were a kid? At the age of seven? <laughs> <laughs> no, I started shaving when I was 11. So I had sideburns from like 14 onwards. Massive Elvis fan all my life. And then I was, I'd moved back. I got a really bad injury. Funny enough, I, I detached my biceps playing rugby for a team called Glamorgan Wanderers, who were like a semi-pro team. Um, and I had to do something else in my life on a Saturday. Uh, and I was at a, uh, at a karaoke night in a place with my wife and doing a couple of songs. And a fella offered to represent me, singing. <laughs> what, like an agent? Yeah. You were called, that uh, good? Uh, no. A fella called Bill O'Callaghan, who, who ran a company called Fair Deal Entertainments in Swansea. <laughs> How many other Elvises did he have on his books? I was, I was the only Elvis. Oh. I, was, I was cleaning up on the Elvis market, yeah. So I used to, do, I used to go around like social clubs and working men's clubs uh, on a Saturday night with all my kit in a car. Uh, yeah, <laughs> doing, uh, doing Elvis, yeah. What, and what sort of kit was it? Like the white, uh, the white tight, skinny... Jumpsuit. Yeah, that was... Jumpsuit oh, with, the, with the wavy cape. Well, I didn't need the kit. I did, they, well, he didn't wear a cape with that particular jumpsuit. Um, oh. I wore the concho suit you wore in 1970-71. Anyway, so... <laughs> I thought Elvis only wore that. That's what Elvis was famous for. We wore jumpsuits, but they were, they was a, there was a progression of jumpsuits. So in the early days, there were a lot of what they called conchos, and then, it, then they became a lot of sequins and, and rhinestones, and then they became embroidered. Then they became two pieces towards the end of his career. He'd have a two-piece suit. Fucking hell. He was around... Was he around ages? 55 to 77, yeah. Yeah. Would you age through the act? Would you take it chronologically from Sun Records? No. A svelte Elvis to... Because my voice is... It was a 70s Elvis voice. I could just given that? Stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just a 70s. Yeah, so Bill Callan signed me up. Spent two years living the dream. Driving around the Welsh Valleys in a Nissan Micra. <laughs> <laughs> didn't actually do that, though. What do you mean, he didn't do that? He didn't do that. He fucking did do that. He didn't do it. <laughs> he did. He used to go... Mm -hmm. No, people doing Elvis impressions go... Mm -hmm. but yeah, he, they he, do that because Elvis did that. No, no, That's no. the sign, nah. that's the international sign... You're, for, doing, you're, doing, an, you're doing an impression or an Elvis impression. Look at the confidence. Mike knows what he's talking about. Sheer confidence on his face. So you're telling me Elvis never went... Correct. Bollocks. Right. <laughs> 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 it came out quick and aggressive, I'm sorry. <laughs> Mike, what is this about um, an Elvis impersonation contest, a pan-European... Elvis impersonation contest. Yeah, Tom. About 10 years ago now, I had a call in to go to the European Best Welsh Elvis competition. A call in? At the Hilton Hotel in Birmingham. <laughs> Birmingham, UK, not Birmingham, Alabama, by the way. <laughs> uh, and you just spent three days in a hotel with all the other finalists uh, doing your stuff. Were there, then, were there multiple rounds in the sort of Miss World style scenario? Yeah, yeah so I got, I, I, there was like the primary round, I got, I got through all that. And then I got to the final. Uh, there was, I think there was eight of us in the final. And I was pipped to the post by seven blokes. 
<laughs> did you, when you went into that final, did you look around the room with optimism or did you look around and think, I've met my match here? I'll be honest with you, Tom, I was pissed off because they, the song I wanted to sing with the band, and I told them two days before, Tom, they said, right before I went on, they said, we can't do that song. I said, what do you mean you can't do that song? They, they, they had a plan B, and my, my second string song, didn't do that. So I had to go and do, my, do, do their version of a song that, and, you know what I mean? I was ready for my songs. <laughs> and then a bloke called fucking Gordon Elvis won. What? <laughs> Who's from Malta, which is not even in Europe, if you ask me. I think it is. Well, is it? I think in the European song, Eurovision Song Contest? Well, fucking Australia. Oh, they are, are in it. Yeah. They are in it, yeah, no, fair enough. Okay. Mike, do you think, because we, we've heard um, Joe's Elvis, mm. um, which was going increasingly French, actually, oh, oh, oh. Oh, yeah. oh, towards the end. Um, as someone who knows the man, who understands the man, could you give Joe a few pointers, Mike, and lift his Elvis impersonation several we notches go. for us? Well, the first thing is, he, he doesn't sing as low as anybody. He doesn't sort of sing, you know, thank you very much. That's not... That's know. Elvis. No, it's not Elvis. <laughs> You've just done Elvis. That's not Elvis. Right, that, okay. That'll be some Burke on the Steve Wright show doing Elvis, right? That's not Elvis. <laughs> so, yeah, it's higher than you think. Uh, it's not as distorted as you think. It's quite a clean voice, actually. So, like, uh, what, can, what can you sing? I don't know. Say, say if you sing a couple of... <laughs> I told what I was going to sing. It's, um... Wise men say only fools rush in. That's a nice, easy one to sing. Why? <laughs> Why not? Did I immediately want to make love to you? <laughs> I literally no. just forgot all about my wife. Yeah, yeah. And in those 10 seconds, mm. I wanted to run away with you yeah, yeah. to Toronto. Yeah. And me and you can be mountains together. Get our balls together. out. <laughs> Two of us. We can be like literal... Me we, can, we can mount... I'd love that. ...each other. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's how good your voice was yeah, just then. Yeah, I know. Mm. What were the words? <laughs> <laughs> it's just wise men say, but go, go, go. go. Is this the Christmas song? Is, did he do a Christmas song? Is this the Christmas? It's kind of fall in love. Is this is why? I... California love. Can't help falling in love. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said cat. It's these fucking ear things, mate. Me ears are bad enough as it is. Um, what I like... Oh, God, I've lost it. Oh, shame. I've lost, I've lost Ryan. I'll try hard to put him back in. Uh, no, the one I like is... A hunger, hunger, born in love. And just a hunger, hunger, born in love. That's not bad. Just a hunger, hunger, born in love. Just a hunger, no, hunger, burning no, no, no. love. Just a hunger, hunger, burning love. Lord Almighty, feel my temperature rising. <gasps> higher and higher, it's running through to my soul. Girl, 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 you're gonna set me on fire. My brain is flaming, I don't know which way to go. Well, but your kisses lift me higher. Like the sweet song of a choir. And you light my morning sky high with burning love. Yeah, go on, see? Just a hunk of in love. Just a hunk of in love. Did he used to do that? Did he, did he actually so, do... In the 50s, he would, he would sort of bring, bring a knee in, wouldn't he? And sometimes he would sort of do that, that sort of thing. You know what I mean? Hey, are you telling me that Gordon Elvis beat that? Gordon Elvis, well, he didn't beat it. It was a fucking fix. <laughs> um, Mike, I think we're, we're now on the physical stage of the impersonation. Can you guide Joe's hips, if um, you would? 
Right, tell me the truth now, because my reference to... So, uh, Hunger, Burn and Love, it was a punch. Would you like that? It'd be like, boom, boom. <laughs> Aggressive. Yes. Imagine, imagine, like, James Haskell's head's here. <laughs> Actually, it's funny you... Hang on, let's get... Let's, just on the Hask bit, we've got a lot of rugby fans in here, haven't we? <laughs> All of them, then. Um... Two, you, you told me there's two people that have... That have I told you in confidence, but go on. You, did, you, did. <laughs> you told me in confidence that you've got two people that have blocked you on Twitter. Yes. And who are those people? So, Stephen Jones, the rugby correspondent for The Times. Yeah. All right, Steve. And doing? none other than the Marquis of Banterbury himself, James Haskell. <laughs> <laughs> Why has James blocked you on Twitter? I don't really know. I, I think I took the piss of him sort of walking around a rugby field, carrying invisible carpets and leaning on the occasional ruck. <laughs> but, it, but not in a nasty way, just in a funny way. And, what's, uh, wrong, what's wrong with that? Nothing. No, it's not just fucking... And it was true. OK, and he's you know. blocked you for it. There's, there's something yeah. also, and I said to Ryan bef before the show, way before when we got oh. you booked, I went... I've listened to uh, Mike's podcast and I love it, but there's something uh, in the back of my mind, and I don't know. I, li I genuinely don't know what this is. I don't know where this is going now. But there is something in the back of my mind that mm. thinks that you've done that to me. You've you've slagged me. Like there's actually no. Something... I didn't. In fact, I stuck up for you at the time when you when you did or didn't. Well, you did. You got a ten week ban for it. When, when... <laughs> <laughs> That's, well, you, that's not fair. Andy Dufresne, yeah. he served like loads yeah, of years, true. didn't that's he? That's true. Yeah, you but he, he didn't serve his sentence during COVID like you did. So you never, yeah. had, to, never actually had to miss a game. Not my, not my, no, fucking, fault, is not my fault, is it? Don't blame yeah. him. No, it's fine. Blame oh, you stuck up for me, did you? I did. Well, because it was just a little... We've all done it in rugby. If you played a bit of rugby, yeah. you're trying to get a little rise out of somebody. You know. If you did it in Tesco, I think you're weird. <laughs> But not on a rugby pitch, it's fine, isn't it? I think I'm really going to have to my stop... My dad, when I was like... Because I grew up playing rugby and my old man played rugby and he, he coached us when we were kids. But it was the old days, it was the 80s, you know? And we were at rugby club in Barry, where I'm from. We'd be up there and he'd be captain back in the day in the 70s. And so everyone knew him up there. So we'd coach a team. Like under-14s rugby, he'd be, if, he, if he refereed the game, which he frequently did, he'd jump in the shower afterwards. So I'd be like 13, 14 years of age having a fucking show with my dad. <laughs> and the rest of the team. <laughs> and he's got some balls on him. Don't you worry about that. There is another, I don't know if this is a job or an occupation or a, a hobby, Mike, um, which will come as no surprise to anyone who's seen the magnificent physical shape that you're in, oh, yeah, and that's a bodybuilder. I never, I never got paid to bodybuild, uh, but my hobby, when I stopped playing rugby, my hobby was bodybuilding. So believe it or not, and most people, that is not. Um, I, I, but yeah, I spent about two or three years bodybuilding. When I lived in Bath, I used to go to the, the Bath Uni gym sort of 12 times a week with my mate James. 12 times a week? Yeah, I'd do a cardio session in the morning and do one body part in the afternoon. Would you mind uh, giving us your signature move uh, while bodybuilding? Was it sort of classic, or was it a? What was your go-to? Well, no, there's, 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 you know, there's a free round, but there's, there's, 
I suppose you have to do. I didn't compete. I, I, I did it as a street as an amateur. But obviously, you've got your double bicep, you've got your lat spread, you've got your most muscular. There's, there's... Could you, because not all of us have been part of this world, would you mind showing us what these moves are? Oh, Joe, would you, <laughs> if you maybe if you name the move? Well, Mike, Joe could do it. And, Joe's in good name. Yeah. Come on, Joe. So, all right, Joe, there'd be one way you'd have to basically, this is the one everyone knows, it's the double bicep, right? Oh, the top's coming off, is it? Okay. Yeah, take the top off. No? Oh, <laughs> oh don't go shy. Come on, take the fleece off. Double bows. Give the people what they want and take your fleece off. Not your shorts. I'm not taking my fucking fleece off because of peer pressure. <laughs> and because it is the 16th of January and I'd have a very fucking good Christmas. Okay, so the fleece is staying on. Ooh. You paid 15 quid for the ticket. <laughs> 15 should quid! I, should I have, a, I have a whip around, shall I? <laughs> <laughs> Just give me the move, Mike. So, double bicep. Yeah. Nice. But really, really, that's it. Ah, oh. nice. Right now, lat spread. So, like that. Watch. <laughs> yeah, that's it. This is the one that you'd be good at because you've got lovely traps. You've got lovely traps on you. Why is my why is it cramping? You're cramping. <laughs> why, is my, why is it cramping? Do the most muscular because you've got lovely traps. What, Your traps are really what's good. What's the most muscular? It's just, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> why aren't you doing it, Tom? Lovely, lovely. Show. <laughs> sure, we had a photograph backstage. I got to say, what a lovely back and shoulders you got. Very, very impressive. It, it would be. You know, I played back row when I was fit. Mm. It would be a pleasure to play. Hooker next to you. That means a lot to you, doesn't it, Joe? It really does. <laughs> and, the, and the fact that, like, he's yeah. already won me over. Yeah. With the Elvis. Yeah. yeah. I think we could really yeah. flourish. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Slightly out of breath. Yeah. That's both from standing up and being. Um... And plus, I'm like a bear because I'm, I'm older and hairier. Yeah. So, what are you? You're th 32, 33? 33. I'm yeah. 51. Yeah. We'd be, be a great couple. My kind of guy. <laughs> I'm not sure how Daisy's going to no. deal with this one. My wife will be over the moon. Oh. Because <laughs> she prefers you. <laughs> how are we doing with the CV, Archie? Brilliant. That's fine. This is how we're good. Um, I'm trying to fill time before the CV comes up. <laughs> and all I had was... Oh, 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 so what is the... Any any particular highlights that you really maybe you know use a highlighter? I can put I can do that. I can print I this. I like this one. That's good. That's, that's going to impress the boss. Just read it out for the listeners, then, Mike. That's under uh, experience. Broke a pupil's leg when vexed. Yeah, that's good. Nice, nice use of the word vexed. Uh, threw a shot put at a child. That's going to help yeah. you get another job. Yeah, yeah. I also once we took a rugby tour to Italy when I was teaching in Bath. Went to a lovely part of it, northern Italy, northeast Italy. I was about uh, 26, 27, in my head of apartment. We went out with the boys, were like 16 years of age. And he said, listen, I'll leave you with the boys. I'm going to go back, get my head down. Two beers, maximum. And they get the boys back to the hotel. I said, yeah, no problem. We were on the piss all night with the lads, right? <laughs> we got back about three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I, had to, I had to knock the hotel and let us, let us in, right? I got up to my room. I was sharing with my head of apartment, Sean, who's a lovely fella. He went, he went nuts with me because two of the lads in the next room had come in um, and thrown up over two of the other lads. 
Yeah. He said, I left you in charge. I said, I'm on holiday, mate. <laughs> he said, you're not on holiday, it's a school rugby trip. I said, no, it's in Italy, I'm on holiday. <laughs> I've just noticed a detail that Archie has done an amazing job in getting this CV together. This is so good, this um, is. But there's, there's one thing we want to clarify. Uh, mm. Right down here at the bottom, education, you may want uh, a capital B on Boner. Um, yeah. Currently reads yeah. that Mike yeah. went to school yeah. with Boner. Yeah, Boner's got a capital B. Uh, it's a small thing, but it's an important thing, Archie. So if we can get that put right, please, before this CV gets sent out. Otherwise, it's going to make the yeah. interview process quite uncomfortable. For Mike. <laughs> I really like that. That's clever, that, isn't it? Oh, well, we will print it out for you. Yes, please. No, definitely. And we'll highlight some of the yeah. best areas so they Lovely really stuff. stand out to the thing. Sweet. But you won't need to use that yet, will you? Because you've got an unbelievable podcast that you do currently and a sitcom. Are you right? Have you written or written right? it? We filmed it. We've done it. It's all been, it's all been filmed. It's been edited now. So Tell us a little bit more about that, please. I thought I'd take a leap of faith. It's about a fellow called Tony Mammoth, uh, who's a PE teacher. With a big moustache who lives in the 1970s. <laughs> who goes on a school skiing trip in 1979 uh, to the French Alps. I believe killed in an avalanche. So it's quite short. Well, well, I am, Joe. They find him in the modern day. He's resuscitated, miraculously preserved, and gets his old job back in his old school as a 1970s PE teacher. <laughs> so a 1970s PE teacher in a modern day school is the, is the premise. I like this. Yeah, you will like it. I like this. That's good. Although, hang on, a 1970s teacher in a modern school, yeah. bear in mind where we're at in 2024, where you can't fart without offending someone. Um, yeah, it is, it is it's a, it's a tricky process. So that's the sitcom. When's that coming out? They, they haven't given us a date yet. They say May or June. Oh, OK. Good. So keep your eyes peeled. Sure. I will keep my eyes peeled for that one. Yeah. Uh, and your podcast, I know about it, but for those that don't, can you tell us a little bit more about that, please? So the Socially Distant Sports Bar. You've performed here, haven't you? We've done this, yeah. Nice. Yeah. It's, a, it's a lovely venue, isn't it? Yeah, it's lovely. Yeah. Lovely staff, brilliant staff. <laughs> I might get a free pint after. Lovely. <laughs> um, yeah, so we did, we did a theatre tour last year. We did, the, we did the arena in Cardiff last year. Um, yeah, we just do that every week. That's really good fun with the boys. Okay, let's pretend I don't know what it is. What is it? Started off in lockdown. We were going to do a sports roundup. Steph's a sports journalist. Ellis is a comic who loves football and boxing. I'm a comic who loves rugby and other American football and other stuff. So we were going to do a roundup of the week's sport. And then COVID started before we had a chance to get going. And there was no sport and there were no gigs. So we said, we we're going to knock it on the head. And then Stefan said, well, let's just do it anyway. But we'll do it via Zoom. And we'll talk about our favourite clips from over the years, our favourite documentaries, sports clips, sports books. So it started off like being like an hour long, and then it was like three mates in a pub, so they ended up being like three hours long with about 25 minutes of sport in there. <laughs> 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 yeah, so we, we're, we're coming up to our 200th episode now, 200th podcast oh, in a couple of weeks. But it's brilliant, you know, the listeners are really good. Because it started with like a sports bar and, and having a drink, and we, we did like bobble hats and scarves and a bit of merch. To, you know, get thinking. Um, <laughs> if people just rock up like a football match, it was great. You know, all in their purple and yellow and... Yeah. Hang on, he said... Merch. Merch. Again. Do some more. We've got some, we've got some out here, haven't we? There's a bob lat. Nice bob yeah, lat, yeah. yeah. Little one. Yeah. Merch again. Yeah. Vuncular. Vuncular. It's warm and friendly. Get that on the T-shirt. Um, That's what you want to do. It's nice. Don't run... Away with Mike Bubbins. <laughs> Keep balls in pants. 
You have a wife and kids. Okay, perfect. This has been brilliant. Mike, you've been Joe, absolutely pleasure. wonderful. Cheers Thank you so much for coming on. Let's give a big round Thanks of applause to Mike Robbins, everybody. Cheers, mate. It's bubbly, bubbly, bubbly. It's bubbly, bubbly like this. Is it, is it wicked? It, is it, is it Mike Bubbins? Yes, it was. I know. Do we, we have to do up. the whole outro <laughs> like DJ Locking MC Neat? Is it, is, I met one of those. I met them both, actually. You met them? Yeah. Did you, um, when you met them, did you go over to them with a Sambuca? I you know, the, what's the one they do that I cut? It repeats over and over. Danani, 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 Dada, Ting, Boy. What are the words they're saying? I've never worked it out. Danani, Tanani, Tanani, Danani, Tanani, Ting, Ting, Boy. I can't get that quick enough. Maybe I'm doing We're loving it, loving it, loving it. We're loving it like Mike did. He was good though, wasn't he? Oh, such a, he had such a bubbly personality about him. He's also, it turns out, an excellent drinking companion because we just stuck around in the dressing room for a little bit of time and had a few beers and talked sport. We talked rugby and we talked hair traffic. Fuck, he can put a few back, can't he? Easy peasy. Fucking, he was eating those Guinnesses. It was fantastic. What a lovely, lovely episode that was to do. Um, I really enjoyed that one. It was, And it's great being back at the Clapham Grand. <gasps> so nice. It feels like home every time we go back to the Clapham Grand and to have 400 plus people come out on a January Tuesday night was fucking brilliant. So long may they continue. Well, Joe, let's remind everyone that we are live at the Clapham Grand every single month with things people did. We have got heaps of amazing comedians booked in tickets, ludicrously, £15 and 5 peach. Like, honestly, thinking about this, you get two top-notch comedians for 15 quid. 7.50 a comedian. 7.50 comedian. We're talking about two and a half hours of entertainment. And they're proper comics. Yeah, I mean, where else, in all seriousness, where else are you getting two top-notch comedians over the course of two and a half hours for 15 quid and 5p? Well, you're not. Fact. No, I know. Why? Oh, you're telling me out loud mm. what I already know for mm. the people that didn't don't know. <gasps> well played. Really good. Things people didn't know. Or is, no, it's called Things People Did, which is play on things people do. And we've just told them the things that they didn't know. And now these are the things that they do know. Amazing. Which is, tickets are available for £15 and five pence. Just click the link in the episode description. Amazeballs. See you next time. Now they know, you know? I know. Do you? Yes. Crowd Network. A place where you belong. Sports Social Podcast Network.